Women of Holy Week. Ascension Day. The Ninth Woman. Mary, Mother of Jesus' Story. My name is Mary. Yes, that one. The one you're thinking of. Mary, Jesus' mother. I never thought I'd find myself here, sitting among so many people who'd followed my son. Peter, John, James, Salome, Mary from Magdala, Mary Clopas's wife, and so many others. None of us ever thought we'd be here, least of all me. But here we are, and now we have to work out what we do, now that he's gone. I got used to him going over the years. People tell you that there's none so close as a mother and her eldest son. I'd look around Nazareth and see the women with their sons. Have you seen how my son has grown, they would ask. Have I told you how clever my son is? My son, my son. The words would follow me as I went about my daily routine. Sometimes they would wait for me to respond with tales of my son, but the words wouldn't quite form in me. You see, he never felt truly and entirely mine, my possession to own and show off. Even from the start, he never was completely mine. Just after he was born, when I was battered and torn, weary from childbirth, when all I wanted to do was close my eyes and hold him against my heart so that we would be one flesh again, like we were when he was in my womb. Even then, strangers came, smelling of night air and sheep's wool and other things I didn't care to identify, telling me they'd come to see the Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord. And then there were those three from the East, wafting altogether different scents like perfume and burial spices, as well as gold which has no smell at all. Not to forget that time in the temple when Simeon took him out of my arms entirely and told me a sword would pierce my soul and the elderly prophet Anna declared he'd come to redeem Israel. So no, even at the start, when we should have been wrapped up together, learning to know each other, he wasn't completely mine and he hasn't been ever since. As a child, he would slide away from the group and we would go looking for him, Joseph and I, and we'd find him on his own, looking upwards or outwards to the horizon, a pensive look on his face, his lips silently forming words we couldn't hear. I learnt over the years to let him go. He needed the space, the time on his own, and I learnt to give it to him. So much so that one awful year we lost him completely. We'd been to Jerusalem for the festival and were travelling back home. Slowly we realised that not only was he not with us, he wasn't with anyone. We ran back to the temple and there he was in the grand court of women, surrounded by learned men, talking to them like he was one of them. Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house, he asked. Well, no, we didn't. How could we have known? That was him always slipping away, always unknowable. Don't get me wrong, I know that he loved me. Sometimes I thought he might even love me more than those other boys loved their mothers. I could see his love in his eyes, 
but it felt as though he was teaching me to love him with every fibre of my being, and in loving him, to let him go, to let him be. It was a lesson I had to learn again and again. He loved me as I loved him, but he wasn't mine. He had come, he said, later on for the whole world. He loved us, all of us, but he didn't belong to us. We didn't own him. The last of the lessons, the most brutal of all, I learned on a dark, gloomy hillside outside Jerusalem. By then I had got used to letting him go. I was used to him travelling around Galilee and even into the Decapolis. I was used to him teaching large crowds and calling them his mother and brothers and sisters. I was even used to the thought of him going to Jerusalem when the leaders were baying for his blood. I thought I had got used to letting him go. But I had one final lesson to learn, the hardest one of all. I had to stand and watch while he died. It's come in handy, this lesson, over the past 40 days since he rose again. In our joy, we wanted to wrap him in love, to keep him with us safely within reach and never let him go again. Mary, the one from Magdala, had seen him first. She came to me later, tears in her eyes, telling me how he had called her by name and how she had known in that moment that it was him. But, she'd said, he told her not to cling on to him. I don't understand, she'd sobbed, her head on my lap. I just want him to know how much I love him. I stroked her hair, pondering all the lessons I'd learned over the years, and then tried to explain that loving him means allowing him to be who he is, that love so often seeks to possess and to limit, but his love, real love, is freeing, not possessing, permitting, not limiting, that loving him doesn't give us rights over him. Loving him doesn't let us say who he is or what he came to be. Then one by one the others came, and one by one I tried to teach them my hard-learned lesson. I'd had years to learn it, but they had to learn it in a few days. It's just as well I did, really. Not long ago, the men came, saying that they thought he'd really gone for good this time. One moment they were talking to him, and the next he was rising upwards. A cloud hid him from sight, and then he was gone. They had all stood there, gazing at the spot where he'd been, their brains struggling to catch up, when an angel appeared and told them that this time he really had gone back to heaven.
So here I am, in the middle of them all, with them looking at me expectantly, waiting for me to tell them what we do now, now that he's gone. I look at them and feel my heart lurch with love. They look so lost and lonely, not knowing what to do. I ponder for a while. I've done a lot of that over the years, pondering. After all, there's been a lot to ponder about. Then suddenly I know. Suddenly I know exactly what to say. My children, I say, because in a way they are now my children, all of them. My children, we love him. We let him go. And then we wait. What are we waiting for? That's Peter, always swifter to the question than any of the others. I don't know, I say, but what I do know is that he won't leave us entirely alone. He never does. He never would. If we pray and wait, and wait and pray, something will happen. We'll know it when we see it. What if we miss it? asked Thomas, as full of anxiety as Peter was of questions. This time, I say, this time, I think that that is very unlikely. Okay.